Arboria. Hey everyone, welcome to Yeah But the Podcast. My name's Vivian Gabor, and today is going to be such a fun episode uh, because I have two social media sensations uh, in the pod today. I would like to extend a warm, warm welcome, a very warm welcome on the summer day to Nicholas Shepard and Jensen Titus from Very Gay Paint. Hello. Hi. We're a sensation. We are, we are social media sensation. <laughs> I have never thought of myself as a sensation, but Which... I'm I'm going to lead with that. That's a, that is a theatrical warm-up. Social <laughs> media sensation. The energy of all of those syllables together. It's very sensual. Yeah. I do Hi. my best. I do my best. How's it going? <laughs> How's California? It's a little gloomy today, which is strange. Kind of having opposite days. It's a little, we, we have a little chill, a little gloom. June gloom. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> uh, it's not what I signed up for when I moved to Los Angeles. Anytime it's a little bit like a skew of perfect, I'm like, well, why did I even move here? I'm like, <laughs> only to live in this city. Where did you all move from? Philly. Philly? So you yeah. were closer to me before. I know, it was oh, super close. Yeah. And you got out just like Alaska. She was from A Philly. little too close. That's why we moved. We were a little too close to you. <laughs> I mean, I've been told that before. <laughs> <laughs> How's Pride Month treating y'all so far? Exhausting. Intense. intense and exhausting. Lo- we're definitely getting that classic sort of like, hey, we're a brand and we'd love to feature you. Like, okay. A lot of corporate sponsors. This is the month where paying attention to gay people might not be so crazy. Uh, (laughs) If it'll help us get the views, why not do it? Yeah. Just being coached. But uh, so let's let's educate the people who may not have heard of y'all before because they're the dumb ones here. and yes, I did, I did just denigrate my audience, but who cares? It's their fault. They love it. Um, could you tell me a little bit about Very Gay Paint and like what it is, how it came about, that kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. So Very Gay Paint is a company that we accidentally started at the beginning of COVID. Um, we were are comedians by trade. And then we have been sort of performing about nightly in LA and and hustling, producing our own shows. And then everything sort of simultaneously shut down and we were locked away for about a month. Something that only happened to us is that we had to stay inside. (laughs) Um, And so after, you know, about a month of that, we, I got to painting a couple of our walls in our apartment and then Jensen jumped on to help me and we ran out of walls. And so, 
I posted what we had done on Instagram and had a friend reach out and then more friends and then friends of friends. And then we made the Instagram account just for our little painting. And then it really has just popped off. Yeah. I just not stopped. It was just this lucky sort of like meeting of different things. Cause we got to sort of still infuse it with comedy murals are just sort of a billboard for themselves uh, already. And anyone that we painted for was like, oh, I can't wait to show this to everyone on Instagram. So it just was this snowball effect of people wanting to share. And then, you know, we kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger projects. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just become a whole thing in and of itself. We're trying to now sort of uh, flesh out and expand the brand of Very Gay Paint to include more than just the murals. And so, more of like an entertainment yeah. sort of, mm. of vibe. So we're, I mean, like we were talking about earlier during Pride, we've been commissioned to do a few like just video comedy videos. Um, we're so embarrassingly getting into the YouTube space now. Um, <laughs> we got finished editing our first video. Right. And we're terrified and to post it. We'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. And then and we're just going to see where it takes us now that yeah. stuff's opening up. Uh, we wait. It may remount our live show um, with this whole new audience now that we've gotten over the past 14 months. That's awesome. YouTube is is a scary place, but I'm sure you guys will do great. I posted one video at one point. It was just like, it was so much work for that like 15 minutes that I was like, do I want to do this? Do I want to keep doing this? <laughs> it was so, it took like five days of editing for this, uh-huh. this video. That's where they it's really insane. get you. The, the YouTube people, that's where they, that's where they come in and, and snatch away your joy. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's definitely a part of their agenda. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to say, I found y'all on uh, Instagram because I am obsessed with like 1960s, 1970s, um, that, that genre of art and that genre of architecture and things. And all of your murals are very inspired by that. Was that yeah. purposeful or how did that happen? I think it's like the most, so Nick and I have no uh, visual art training or background whatsoever. So that's definitely was just like the most approachable version of a wall mural that we could do. Cause like we can't go and like paint like, um, you know, Holy sort sir. of like a sea turtle on <laughs> right. the side of like the, the pier, uh, you know? Yeah, it was just sort of born out of the skill set that we had. Cause the first thing that I painted in our home was like very simple basic shapes and then that translated I think pretty seamlessly into like 70 super graphics and like these sort of large-scale graphic design um things that that are often homages to like the 70s and 60s I think yeah that's mostly just born out of that is what we have the skill sets to accomplish if I could paint like a beautiful woman on the side of a wall I I certainly would you would yeah you would paint a beautiful woman on the side of a wall yeah Okay. Definitely. Great. We have something to talk about after this. <laughs> I know mean, a beautiful woman. This would be very gay. Yeah. How about naked men? Like some thongs somewhere. Yeah. Thank you, Vivian. Okay. So, what is my? This? There's going to be a conspiracy theory now that we're pretending. Yeah. That we're. Pretending. I love feeding the. I, no one has accused us of pretending to be gay, but I love, love feeding into the idea that there's some conflict where. Where people think we're we're faking it. Yeah, I literally <laughs> just saw. I think it was on TikTok yesterday. I saw that video where you were like, for all the people who are like saying that we aren't a couple, and I was like, wait, are people saying that? 
Wait, so what? many people are like, it is wrong that anyone said that to you. And literally not no one is. is <laughs> not even one. Yeah. So where did your, where did y'all's comedy uh, careers come from? Where did you start all of that? Um, that is, I don't think I've ever been asked that in my life. That's such an interesting question. No, we've, we we get asked that literally all the time. Where did, where did your comedy <laughs> career come from? Yeah, we both were doing theater, and then after a few years, we found out that all of the like different projects that we were doing. But where did it come from? Oh, you, you mean it I mean? in like an emotional way? No, no, I'm just kidding. I, you're, I, I don't even know you're assigning that to the question. I was. You're really doing the question. No, no, no yeah. We were doing theater in Philly. I was doing like experimental theater and clowning, which just naturally like character stuff, which naturally led into comedy and i was the first gay man to do musical theater um which is a really big accomplishment i mean we need trailblazers we yeah need them i need i want to break into spaces where formerly uh, we were not allowed (laughs) those glass ceilings Uh uh-huh and Mm. yeah i think we realized um in our our, uh, kind of final year or two in la both of us weirdly that the things that we got yeah the things that we got the most we're getting the most joy from and like things were, were mostly sort of the comedy leading stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really know I was doing comedy until I moved to Los Angeles. And then I was like, oh, that's what I'm doing. Cause it, you know, it can be very like, uh, uh, like you have your lanes here, like especially in LA, it's like, you know, you're, you're doing your acting, you're doing your comedy, you're like, and so it's, it is very much like choose a lane. And so it was like, oh, I guess, I don't want to be a part of this acting community. It's psychotic <laughs> and deranged. It's just, it's just so vulnerable. It's not even vulnerable. It's like it's gotta be. Oh God, it's it's really rotted. But I mean, the the energy of like moving to LA as an actor and having to do like the Oliver, like please, sir, oh that's vulnerable. May I be in your Coca Cola yes. commercial? Uh, <laughs> that's vulnerable. Yeah, for sure. That was definitely not a way we wanted to go. And then we really quickly started doing a decent amount of clowning in LA and the clowning community here rocks. It's, it's, it's amazing. Really fantastic. And um, then Nick started doing standup. Uh-huh. And we just, I don't know, we just really found a groove. Yeah, moving and grooving. I mean, clowning is very similar to drag, so I understand that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like standup is absolutely something that you either have to be very, very pers- like purposeful about starting, or you accidentally fall into like no one I don't know it's just it's not one of those things where you're like oh I hate comedy and then you start stand up and you're like okay fine I'll do it like yeah I feel like I started hosting drag shows um back when I lived in Seattle and then came back came out here and realized that hosting is not that different from stand-up and so I've started getting booked in stand-up shows just because I host drag shows and the first time that happened I was like you do realize I normally just kind of am drunk and do shit, right? Like, (laughs) I don't plan like a five minute set ever. They're like, no, do it, just have fun. And I was like, okay, we'll see how this goes. And I don't know, the whole stand-up community tends to be very like, they're just like, yeah, come in, come do things. Like, it's a very welcoming community. It's crazy because I had always assumed it would be the opposite. And Mm -hmm. I like went to my first set of mics, what is now like, I don't know, two and a half years ago, two years ago. being like, these people are gonna, they're gonna be catty. They're gonna be dismissive. No one is going to, everyone's gonna be actively watching me, wanting me to quit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it was the opposite. Literally every single person I met was like, hey, let's get you on a show. They were they were like, hey, I, I really love this joke you did. It was like the opposite of what my expectation was. I have found it to be not 
my favorite community to be in, but, you know, Nick has had a, a pleasant experience. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's different in every city too. Like I do feel like uh, in New York or like in Chicago, the stand-up community is probably way more open and friendly than in LA. It's funny because that's not what I've heard specifically about New York. But I have also heard that from New York comedians coming to LA being like, you want to get, you want to really be put through the ringer, kid? <laughs> I think New York is more of like being put through a ringer because everything surrounding what you do is just so much harder. So like yeah. most of every day you're just spending trying to survive and then you get the like five minutes at the end of the day to actually like do something fun. Uh, mm -hmm. So everyone's just kind of constantly on edge trying to get their life in order. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why did why do you find the the comedy scene not as um, welcoming, Judson? Oh, it's not the comedy scene; it's the stand up scene. Just, I mean, stand up in general is just a very solitary art form, mm. you know. And it's it's you know there are communities built within there, but I you know so it's just I function very differently within like the community of like clowning and character stuff where it is much more of like a shared experience and there's a lot of like playing off of each other and like a lot more like you know you have a duo or you have like you know you're you're sort of building work that is not just like a solo thing more often than not and so um yeah and um I don't know it was just I was like oh this is a very it felt like all the kids in high school that were like smart and a little mean like now doing comedy whereas like the people who are like a little goofier and more nerdy mm. were like character clowny vibes and so I guess I just really related more to those people than like the smart hot cool kids I can see that I mean I like that's that's why I ended up in drag versus doing like traditional theater was because I was tired of having that fourth wall there like I'm a very, I like that interaction with the audience and like being able to like perform in the audience and with the audience and include them in it. Um, and and my background is all in opera. So it's even more like that fourth wall is even thicker. So you're just, yeah. you're just sitting there very quietly listening to you and you're presenting. And that was just, wow. it was too much for me. And I was just like, no, no, let, let them be drunk. Let them be on their phones. Let me like sit on their laps. Like, <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah, which you can still do in stand up, I guess. Yeah, you, you can't can you can really do anything. Do it. I mean, it's a little more difficult now during pandemic times. Like, you don't want to be in front like this far from someone's face because you might, you know, you might yeah. die later on. But I mean, who cares? Might tense up. Hopefully, everybody's vexed by now. If it turns, I just watched the video. They're not. <laughs> they're not everybody's vaxxed right now there are still people in texas that are working at hospitals like you can't make me get it i yeah i don't That's understand that i really don't understand that like i know it's most of my it's all of my family that's who that is in Texas. I think what surprises me about it is that specifically in this instance with with this hospital and the hospital employees is that like to work there y'all are already vaccinated for a hundred other things that you legally have to be to work there like that just the precedent is already set and so this is like this just doesn't feel different <laughs> like it's it it's not like you were a person that was allowed to be unvaccinated working at a hospital you know that this is the gig and this is your gig like yeah get it. I think just, I guess I, 
I guess I think the, the difference is that it's a new kind of vaccine and all of the researchers, like all the scientists are sitting there like, no, this is so exciting. We figured this out and it's going to work so much better. And all of the nurses are like, uh, but it's new. <laughs> sure. We don't know exactly yeah. what it's going to do yet. So I, I, I understand the trepidation, but I also am like, uh, can we just move on at this point? Like, I'm really, I'm done with this. <laughs> I know it does. It feels very laborious to even um, talk about. It's like, right? You know, it's it's it's. I'm just like I want to be able to simply go to Disneyland and make out with a stranger, as I did, <laughs> as I would do a child, even. Okay, um, <laughs> we can, we can edit, right? <laughs> uh, that that was allegedly that wasn't that <laughs> it wasn't the footage. For, I mean, for, for hey, things reasons, are dark on the Pirates show. of the Caribbean ride. <laughs> I mean, I to be fair, the was... last time I was in San Diego, I made out with like 10 people in one night when I was performing. So, okay, I get no, there you go. Those are the standards we want to set for the community. Yep. Um, no, I was say I was, once I was in, um, or it was my high school, like senior year trip. They did grad night at Disneyland and you would go at night. You'd like, go overnight. And I was sitting, uh, I was there with my friends. I went on Pirates of the Caribbean with like a group of people. Some of them I didn't really know. I was just on the ride, very gay, sitting on it, being gay. And a, a girl in my year, who I didn't really know that well, in the middle of the ride, just grabbed my hand and put it on her breast. And then just started squeezing my hand onto her breast for like two minutes. And like, so this is, I was here and I just like looked this way for like two minutes just trying to just disas and that's when i got really good at disassociating <laughs> sort of that practice well and it was actually the female pirate they added to the ride that's doing that she was an animal <laughs> animatronic it was very westworld oh Ooh, listeners jensen just clocked me in the head with his elbow <laughs> you won't be able to see it but it i'm, I'm watching this abuse happen don't worry it's 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 been documented <laughs> oh god can't tell me nothing i'm gentle and small okay he's oh by the way nick is six six that doesn't preclude me from being small <laughs> he makes, i was always so tall in my life and now people meet me and they're like i didn't know you were tall i thought you were short we do a lot of photos standing next to each other and he looks like my tiny little girlfriend but it's just because i'm so <laughs> i'm six tall. two but nick I just was, really i was gonna say i didn't even know like I, I feel like on the internet, everyone seems shorter than they are. Oh my God. Do yeah. you know how many hot, tiny, tiny guys I talked to on dating apps before we met? So many. Most people are short. Most people are short. It's a scientific fact that most people short. short. <laughs> I'm only six foot, so don't judge me. Ooh. I'm Ooh, six, God. six in heels. I'm six, six in heels. Okay. Okay. I'm listening. Sort of bragging about the height of your heels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so besides paint and besides comedy, what do y'all find yourselves doing the most? LOL. Bickering. Anything. <laughs> oh yeah, truly bickering. If that, that's like, <laughs> those are the three tenets of our lives. Yeah, comedy, painting, and bickering. Um, Jensen used to cook really amazing meals 
Um, and then something happened. I literally uh, just cooked breakfast for the first time in months. Months. We've been like, it's bad. It's bad. We have, we definitely have a DoorDash addiction. Like, we just order, 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 like too much. So I used to, I, I still love cooking. I haven't done it in a long time. Um, I do love eating more than I love cooking. Um, so I love That's to go out. Completely fair. <laughs> I love to go out. Babe, if you say something has, has been mentioned by Michelin, I'll, <laughs> I'll spend all my money. I'll spend all my money. Bougie, I have a bougie. A streak in it's really it's so difficult to rein it in i think you're you're entering uh into this conversation just on the crux of us fall absolutely falling apart uh, <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine if we broke up before you on the podcast <laughs> well i know how i advertise the episode <laughs> yeah yeah go viral we can do it for you we can edit this part out and then nick and i can stage a breakup <laughs> viral I'm. A, I'll be like. You can't see this, readers. I'm um, just sort of opening up Jensen's phone to get a photo that that we wanted to show. Well, who's? Who, wait. Who's this? Who's Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> That's my my workout buddy. Oh, oh yeah, I'm sure. I would, and my voice would start to break, and you'd know we were. It was. It was over. Yeah. Oh, that was that was brilliant. That was the best theater. I've That's seen. theater. In, in so long. Well, it's all the training It's, it's now. probably, yeah. yeah, being that probably the first amount of training or theater you've seen in a while, I will still, you know, take that compliment. <laughs> the best theater you've seen. That's the best um, theater I've seen since, you know, uh, lockdown. <laughs> since lockdown, since the theater of lockdown. Um, no, yeah, we've really, it's been wild because we like, you know, we were living in, squalor no we were truly broke before pandemic and like we were living in this tiny little studio apartment with like subterranean like there was no light coming in it was like dark tiny and then with very good paint we'd be you know we're making like a normal amount of money now and it's insane no be honest we're filthy rich gilded walls <laughs> no porcelain it everywhere fine <laughs> china we making a normal salary and now we're like is this how is this what it's this is what people do getting health insurance can you believe what's that <laughs> i know to like have a savings account are you kidding me it's been so it's been wild the glow up to just a just an average salary has been phenomenal for us. Jensen is so quickly becoming a Republican dad that's like, we're comfortable. We're we're comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? You've never had like you've gone over to a friend's house and their house is really, really nice. You're like, your parents are rich. And then they're like, no, no, we're just we're comfortable. And it's like, no, you're rich. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, you I don't want to say that you're I feel like that's one of the like huge, like not misconceptions, but just like one of the things about like social media fame. Of course, I'm not famous in any way, shape, or form. I have less than three thousand followers on Instagram, but uh, <laughs> the that we see people and correct me if I'm wrong, but we see people get famous on online and then like be able to like buy things that like normal people should be able to buy 
and we're like, oh my God, they're so rich now. But uh-huh. really it's just all of us are just that poor that we see someone being able to buy a house and we're like, oh my God, you're like, you're doing so well. <laughs> no, that's so real. Isn't it crazy, especially in LA to be like, for someone to purchase a house to just, you know, mm-hmm. to own uh, a place that they can safely live in, <laughs> it's not on the street. Um, it's like, oh my God, you did, you fucking did it. Well, holy cow. That just is to have though, a house. That's yes. a house. It's different. It's different when you're in like New York or Los Angeles or like a major city like that mm. to buy a home. Crazy. That, that you are kind of rich. You, you must be point, We're not in like, Milwaukee. but even like being able to rent something that's more than a studio and like, you see YouTubers like move into new bet new places that are like three bedroom apartments that like opulence uh, yeah like i can't even imagine <laughs> yeah to have like an office in your yeah. in your like apartment you're renting oh my god we're not there yet that's the next level <laughs> that's the next level a two bedroom okay okay now we're talking <laughs> well and I'm, I'm not sure how old you guys are this isn't me fishing for you to say how old you are if you don't want to but it's it's me saying I, my generation, I'm 30, and my generation was promised so many things. And like, you're going to be able to buy a house in your mid 20s, just like your parents did. And you're going to be able to get into college and then go and get a job directly out of college and all of these things. And we're now all like living in studio apartments with roommates. Like, <laughs> what's going yeah. on? I know. It's so, so crazy. Someone... To be... Oh, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just, so then when someone actually like is able to do the things that we were promised, we're all just like, oh, good for you. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. So it's so crazy being 21 and 22. Yeah, being really young. I just um, turned 21. It's really crazy. (laughs) Can you imagine? I would be, I would hate us if we were early 20s i just found out that someone that i went to college with um is very publicly like wikipedia articles written about there on tv um is publicly 24 and went to college a year above me (laughs) no (laughs) yeah i'm 27 i'm about to turn 28 publicly 24 i just read an article about this person that said 24 year old i I wish my skin was good enough for me to pretend that (laughs) okay i'm gonna be I'm going to be publicly 25. <laughs> Good luck, babe. I think it could pass. I think it could pass. Yeah. Yeah, bitch. You want to fight right now? It's happening. It's happening. Yeah. Wait, we're going to break up. <laughs> I'll, I'll kill you in your sleep tonight. Um, no, I'm you have that recorded? 29, <laughs> about to be 30. Oh, by the way, just so you kind of understand the vibe here. August 1st, August 7th. We're both Leos. I'm August just... 27th. Shut up! I'm just oh, wait, a Virgo. I'm barely Virgo? a Virgo. Barely. I'm just a Virgo is a, an album. <laughs> I think it's like a sad little cabaret song. I'm just, <laughs> oh, no. a, well, a I got the name of my solo show. <laughs> if uh-huh. you see me at 54 Below doing I'm Just a Virgo, I'll credit you. <laughs> to, you know, set to the tune of Just a Girl. But it's a it's like a no sort doubt. of slowed down, heavy on yeah. the keys, like yeah. piano version. Just a slight <laughs> just in the background. That's <laughs> kind of like the, yeah. Aww. Cello is such a chic instrument. 
when it I was in right elementary there, school, I in, years. <laughs> in elementary school and middle school, it was all about the people that played violin and viola. Like, I just feel like that was like the superstar instrument. And as I've aged, the viola sort of really, they were the nerds. I so. the oh. violas are the nerds of the orchestra. I was like, they're chic, they're tiny. It's, it's sort of like a, a this sort of teeny energy. And uh, now, as an adult, nothing could be more elegant and chic than a cello to me. Like what a, oh yeah. I think maybe in my winter years in the, in the late stages of my life, I'll find an appreciation for the bass. It seems like the way that we're going. I think it's just because as you get older, you lose your your higher register of hearing. So you're just and getting, I'm not hearing the you're just growing up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Excuse me while I read my guests. <laughs> you old bitches, you thought you could come on this podcast and pretend to be young oh my god speaking of that i hate whatever you see that video that's like if you're under this age you can hear this tone and they like play it and i'm sitting there like are you gonna play it and then i'm like oh no <laughs> there have got to be ones where they just don't play anything i feel like that would be I genius sure hope so i really yeah hope so. there there are just videos where they don't play anything guys where yeah <laughs> but can we just well, accept just... our aging <laughs> I just gave you your your next TikTok. You're welcome. <laughs> Honestly, that's a great. We just we do love to take those TikTok trends and and just uh, you know drag them as what what. So keep going. No, I know I can feel. There's a thing that happens. I can feel the we judgment love to coming. Take in. those TikTok trends and just drag, drag them. them. Do you want to? What do you mean? We that's what we do in our TikTok. We always we take those like those trends and we make and fun we of drag them. them. And we make fun of them. What the fuck do you want to say? Huh? Because yeah, we just <laughs> listening to what you were saying. I feel I feel comfortable we do this to be really amazing thing on our TikTok. It is crazy. There's a trend and we absolutely drag them through the mud. So look out. Great boys. I'm I'm gonna step into the other room. You have a beautiful mind, and I love the things that you say. <laughs> I feel very comfortable to be authentic. Um, in this podcast right now to just sort of fight <laughs> I mean I'm just here to be a therapist today so <laughs> it does sort of feel like that in this way we have had have we, you done we did couples therapy over zoom once what a trip and we were just like and you know what I mean was, <laughs> a therapist watched us just fight with each other for an hour <laughs> and then and then she goes she at the end she goes um just Use I feel statements. We and both that's all <laughs> burn on her. We're like, like that's let us tell you, you something about you and your practice. <laughs> I tried to do online therapy. I like joined BetterHelp because ads. That's that's what ads because are for, right? Doing a great job with that. And uh, <laughs> doing more than a great job with that. Um, and so I joined for like a week. And I tried to do it, but it was, it's like mostly text-based. And if you want to have like an actual call with your therapist, you have to like schedule it and you don't get your first one for like a month. Cause they're like scheduled, they're like book solid. And they're supposed to, you're supposed to get like a text back within 24 hours, which can be like, you text them when you're having a really tough moment. And then like the next morning you're, you wake up and you're like feeling better cause you slept. And then they text you back and are like, let's talk about this. And you're like, well, I'm, I'm not feeling that anymore. So <laughs> this is not a, a useful way of getting therapy. Well, like part of my problem is that I was always like, I, I 
hate it when like my close friends take forever to text me back and it like makes my anxiety get worse and so to have your therapist not text you back for an entire day I was just sitting there like am I no is my brain that wrong that (laughs) so I I quit because that was not the best choice for me (laughs) I can't imagine who that works for it's someone who someone who what they really need to work on is is that they they can just sort of avoid things and put them on hold for days at a time um, and it's like, let's talk about that actually. Let's sit someone you down who with can the take notes about their feelings, just like someone who actually journals for once in their life. Yeah. I've wow. tried that so many times. Therapies, I'm so interested in like how what we're gonna think of therapy in like 20 years because it's gone through such a transition from like our parents to us to like I don't even know how these I mean, you know, being Gen Z but not understanding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm like, I'm like, cause you know, I'm like, okay, it's useful. It's so everybody should be in therapy. And then there's like, also now this thing starting to happen where people are like, people are using therapy as a way to, and like, as like a sort of, and they're still toxic. I don't even know how to, to really process this. Back, they're, but they're like, like using therapy in order to make themselves feel more important than other people. Or they're like getting the language now. Yeah. It's like I've processed and I've, but they're like, they're still deeply toxic. I think <laughs> when I, the, the times that I've witnessed this is that I, there have been people in my life that go to therapy and then don't realize outside of therapy that they're not in therapy anymore. And they, they think that they're sort of healthily dealing with things by in their interpersonal communications, acting like they're still in therapy with someone they're paying to listen to them. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, you can't do that outside of therapy. You're not, you're not paying me. I can, as your friend, talk about something, but like, I'm not going to give you this service your therapist yeah. gives you. We both talk about it, each other and ourselves because it's two of us now. No one's paying anybody. Well, and I feel like, I feel like social media has also given us this moment of like, like when we were in college webmd was the thing that you shouldn't go onto the website because you're gonna think you have cancer at some point and now it's like don't get onto instagram or tiktok because very quickly you will think that you're adhd you will think that you have all that of you're on the spectrum that you're oh, oh yeah. my god i'm convinced of all of those things right now just because i'm an we'll old say, on tiktok <laughs> there's something to be said about i think a vast a far 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 more people are on the spectrum than I think realize it because that's why it's the spectrum is that it's like very vast. So few people are neurotypical. So I can maybe get a little bit behind um, that as I get distracted and like must fix Jensen's <laughs> eyebrow before I keep talking. <laughs> well, it makes me think back to like the nineties when they basically put like every kid on Ritalin because they were like, every kid is ADHD. And now I'm starting to think about it and be like, well, maybe we all did. <laughs> it's all, yeah, this is the whole conversation. It's in, it's like weird because also all of these things are like, where did these diagnoses even come from in the beginning? And it's like, what was, it's it like, there's so much around like just processing the mental health age that we're in now and like undoing yeah the past 20 30 years and then also while it's still developing i mean we'll continue to have to do undoing from what's happening now it's just the undoing the undoing the undoing they're going to be showing people the nicole kidman show yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) it is it's about us unpacking sort of the mental health crisis that's nicole kidman's career 
What? Un- just unpacking the mental health crisis. She's always playing a character simply in crisis. Yes. Always. Every single time. Even be Woman in crisis. <laughs> yeah. Even, even Especially then. in Bewitched. Yeah. Uh, the stillness of her, of that gorgeous face. It, that's all that's all chemicals. We've lost her. We've <laughs> lost that's her all thought. chemicals. It's <laughs> all chemicals and wigs. One of our prestige actresses. But now she can do the most beautiful dramatic trick of single tier, nothing else moves. And mm. that's Botox. I do love that. That's a great dramatic, a great dramatic trick. trick. And then Meryl Streep City, they're like, I did that in the 80s without any help, except for yeah. have you seen the billy on the street episode with julianne moore where she has part of it is that julianne moore does a monologue and cries at whoever they're talking oh my god i need to see this it's so good Um, that's a great show yeah they did it those kids did a great job with that one oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) so let's get into some like social things going on right now um since we're gay and it's pride and there are so many debates that come up every year around pride okay i just i have to know what do you think about kink at pride since that's such a thing on social media right now i could i couldn't care less i'm like do whatever you want to do it's insane that this conversation is even happening right to me yeah i think it would be different if i think pride like was popping up as a thing now or if pride existed in a vacuum where like the 80s had never happened i think kink at pride is like an important part of pride because it is a like a response to Mm. the our history right like i can understand the the strong like feeling of advocacy for like we need to keep pride accessible to children for for people who whose understanding of like the gay lexicon starts like in the year 2000 but the fact that like even looking back like Mattachine society shit and stuff like the, the things that gay people have had to learn through fighting for our rights are that assimilation like doesn't work and it's not that's not what we're asking for so it is sort of for the the straight community to meet us where we're at and that that there's like there are so many intersections in in the gay experience um and 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 pride is you know rejecting but it's not even sort of assimilation not the straight because the whole thing is that it's like these young queer gen z kids right that are like mm-hmm. no king yeah because they I, I i don't think have the breadth of knowledge that that it would take yeah. to understand like king's place at pride is a response to the like respectability politics of the reagan administration and like these like insane things that are the reason that that gay people are continue to be so disenfranchised well, and I think it's interesting that a lot of the discourse is, oh, we don't want to see people fucking at Pride and we don't want to see the, the such and such. And it's like, I've been to Pride many times and I have never seen that. Like that's, yeah, also never they're seen thinking that. like market days and Folsom Street Fair. Like that's what that right. is. And that isn't kid friendly. And it's very much advertised as not kid friendly. Yeah. And I don't think people should be out fucking at Pride, sure. Yeah, but that doesn't happen. That's never been something that we've ever had to, like, say. And, like, the idea of, oh, you shouldn't be, like, showing your ass or naked at Pride. I'm like, but at the same time, if we're not, how do we teach people that their bodies are okay? Like, the, the whole, like, you have to cover up unless you're a certain type of body is so weird to me. Mm-hmm. Like you can't include everyone unless you're wanting to include everyone. 
Right. It's difficult for the U.S. to shake the like puritanical roots. Mm-hmm. It really is so hard to yeah. get though to like undo ourselves from that and like like allow sexuality and like your naked body to just be like this is a reality well and and take taking the human body out of the context of sex and it's just a human body like it's just because someone's naked doesn't mean they're like trying to coerce another person into having sex with them yeah it does feel very much like oh sorry what Oh, I was just going to say, I remember a couple of years ago, there was, a, there was a picture that was going around of one of the Go-Go boys, I think, at the Abbey in the windows and this little girl, like, watching them. And he was, like, waving to her or something. And people were like, oh, it's disgusting. He's sexualizing the child. And it's like, no, I'm pretty sure you just sexualized a child. He was saying hi to a kid. It's also so interesting that, like, that is the point of contention. And then if you look at, like, American you know the the filmography from america in the last like decades on decades the ways that we've sexualized like children and women and bodies is ha- is really overtly happening in those mediums and the way that oh, yeah. we want to try to like uh combat that is through you know these already sort of really infringed upon queer spaces it's just like mm-hmm. that that's a pretty frustrating place to start let's start how about we start you know like in the media it does feel like some sort of like republican or like conservative like mindset that got like like sort of uh, micro dosed within these gen z queers which is like the through line that like uh queer people or like ped- or like gay men are pedophiles that sort of like mm-hmm. thought process of like well if they're around the children it's like there's like it has the yeah. same essence and it's like that we that can't continue to like spread throughout especially this younger generation who's supposed to be very open it's i also really think oh sorry go for it i just think even more than that is like to my earlier point is just this like lack of perspective and that these younger people Mm -hmm. don't understand that the like imbuing of sexuality and the like uh, in pride is so in like intrinsic to the root of why why pride exists it would be different if like we started pride while gay people already had rights <laughs> then pride would look very different yeah if pride started when tiktok started pride would not look the way it looks but it has to look the way that it looks because of the reason it exists there's also something though of like the, the pride i mean that's the thing of like oh some the way something starts the historical aspect of something is never going to be how it is forever because mm-hmm. I, they're not going to care you know they will probably as they get older but they're also going to be defining for themselves what pride is for them and that's there's a fairness to that but you know this is the conversation i think of like yeah and i think that's why cities like new york have had such a have had trouble figuring out the difference between like the more capitalistic like pride parade and having a queer liberation march and trying to figure out which which one is it and why do we need both do we like which direction do we go is is it supposed to be this fun like oh my god we have floats and stuff parade or is it supposed to be a bunch of queers angry because we still don't have the rights that we should have like yeah and it's just such a it's a 
<laughs> it's, 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 I think it's amazing that we're able to that this conversation's even happening. Well, I that think there's enough of like an acceptance and like a a widespread understanding of of this month for it to even be this big conversation. Mm. I would also think like a cornerstone of our comedic point of view and the brand is playing in that mess, right? And like is like making fun of the like ridiculousness of commercial pride and the the ridiculousness mm. of like capitalism pride and then also and like the understanding of gay culture and what gay culture is and, or what, isn't, and yeah. how it's mm-hmm. how it exists within the media as well yeah it's like it is it, it is so messy and because of that messiness like everyone always ends up looking a little embarrassing <laughs> but um, if we're all embarrassing together no one is anymore <laughs> exactly we're all cringe baby let's let's keep it up well and i think there's that's why tying it back all together in a nice little bow I think that's why things from the 60s and 70s are kind of coming back into vogue is because we're we're kind of seeing a lot of that the civil rights issues from the 60s and 70s coming to a head right now um and it's annoying that it's taken us like 50 years to get there but we're, mm-hmm. we're finally seeing all of those battles and all of those arguments and all of those things coming to a head. And so it makes sense that our, our creative sides and our, the artistic things and our fashions and our music are all kind of swinging in that direction again too, because all of us are kind of looking to that point. And as queer people, it's hard for us to find, it's hard for us to find that information because between the beginning of the civil rights movement and, and us, we had this whole like 20 years of losing three quarters of our population to AIDS. And so we don't have the, the knowledge base that we need to connect the two. And so we just keep looking at the previous one being like, what do we do? How do we get there? Like, why are we still stuck here? Oh my God. Can you imagine how beautiful our community would be if we had not lost so much of it like that gets me emotional just like thinking Mm -hmm. about like how much like culture and history and like community really was lost in like not long ago Mm -hmm. that's why when i when people say things like oh rent i hate that musical everyone has aids in that show i'm like yeah first of all <laughs> not everyone in that show has aids only a few of the characters only like it. three of them yeah <laughs> but also like that's a low number for the number of people that actually had aids right. <laughs> it's terrible. but anyway the 60s and 70s were fun <laughs> bell bottoms right bell bottoms and macrame right. and carpet bell bottoms and- macrame that's a beautiful drag name Bell bottoms macrame. <laughs> it's a lovely Southern Bell. <laughs> I could actually okay. see that. That's three name, three name, three names. Bell bottoms, bottoms macrame. Yep. There's something there. I have a connection to Dusty Ray Bottoms. I should send her a message and be like, "Hey, you need to have another drag daughter." And yeah, bottoms macrame. <laughs> Now's the time. Adopt, adopt, adopt. Don't shop. Speaking of drag, have either of you ever tried drag? Not in a real way. No. I did for a party once where everyone was supposed to gender swap. Um, I looked like a dead Tilda Swinton, not on purpose. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there are worse things to look like. Yeah, honestly. I play a lot of like female characters 
Um, but I don't, I, I never do them uh, their due diligence as far as <laughs> giving them a full beat or drag. Like, I mean, also, they never look great. that's still drag, baby. I got news for you. I just feel like I personally owe them more because they're so fully realized spiritually for me. These women deserve a face of makeup. <laughs> they deserve any amount of effort and I refuse <laughs> to give it to them. Well, if you're ever in New York, let me know and we'll we'll give some of them some credit. <laughs> I yes. love, honestly love that. I've been dying to get into like full, like expensive drag. Well, just let me know. <laughs> make me the, I have make me I have step. many aborted children out in the world, so <laughs> Blah, uh, many aborted children. That's so grim. <laughs> <laughs> um, if there is anything you want people to know about you, what would that be? Oh boy. Something that they can't get from social media. Oh, I'm thinking about death all of the time. <laughs> and that's sort of I something mean, I want people to know. <laughs> I mean, that's completely fair. I feel like a lot of people in our generation are actually like taking that more seriously than than in the past. Like I watch um, Ask a Mortician on YouTube almost every day. Yeah. I love her. Oh, I love her so much. And I'm like, I keep meaning to like fill out a um, advanced directive and like things like that. Like I feel like the the, um, the stigma of death is slowly being taken away, and that's so I love that. Yeah, to to be able to to have a conversation and like a healthy processing of death mm-hmm. would be profound for the cultural landscape of America or you know the United States specifically would be huge for us we just have nothing of the sorts yeah almost the opposite actually (laughs) truly like especially like during the start of the pandemic when I would go on walks or things I would go walking in cemeteries because there are less people around and it was safer and whenever I'd tell people that they'd be like ew why like it's a park with lots of purposely carved stones in it. That's literally all it is. <laughs> like, yeah. That sounds gorgeous. Oh, it's wonderful. It's the best. Peaceful. Beautiful. Okay, what about you? What do you want people to know? Something sort of equally profound. Um, I took advantage of the 20% off sale at Parachute Home Embedding, and my whole life has turned around. I'm not being paid by them, but I ought to be. I have spent upwards of, in the last two years, maybe $1,000 on different items from this bedding store. And I, my, I'm living in the lap of luxury. I am going to sleep on the silkiest, it's nice. softest very nice. bedding. I had, it feels good. I was like a $10 Target bedding boy up until- uh, We were know, even creeping in. Which I would say is a good entry point to linen if you're thinking about linen. But I would also say, a lot of people are thinking about linen and they're going to companies like, I don't want to talk shit on here, but uh, don't do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> well, you never know. You don't do it yet. Because never you never know, know. who might pay you there later. There are some companies selling linen. You just got to be careful. What we'll Make say the investment. Buy a parachute. 
And that's I, almost. And by parachute, they are, are, can you imagine if they were like, we, we were in an exclusive where we have to talk about them on podcast? <laughs> we're not. And, and I'm sitting here like, how do I get this deal? Like, yeah. Give if me a, this if a brand deal. emerges, it's happening. Um, but I... High quality. High quality. I am sleeping like a little angel. Um, I can't stop just going into the room and, and touching it. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. It's really... Ch- <laughs> it's really I mean, it means a lot. The ability to, to enjoy little things is something that I think the pandemic gave to us. (laughs) I love you calling parachute betting a little thing. Your betting is a little thing. I mean, mean, okay, outside of, (laughs) outside of the cost, like, like spending extra money on betting is like a luxury item. It's not like something that we all get to do. So like finding those little things in your life that you can be like, okay, now I want this to be a luxury item. Like, yeah, I, I just bought a new towel, a nice big like bath sheet, spent like 25 bucks on it. And it was the best decision of my life. Yes. You have to treat yourself. It, it will really like, oh, especially around things that feel like not that fun. I mean, maybe you love bathing and it can be very nice. But if I can make my like morning routine experience a little bit like zhuzhier instead of feeling like just sort of groggy and i'm using the same old towel like what a beautiful upgrade baby. yeah that's what beyonce was talking about an upgrade you is i'm gonna buy you a bath sheet <laughs> let me buy you a bath sheet all right we're releasing that and then maybe some slippers on the side just in case you know like oh keep you comfy if you're lucky i'm buying a new set of slippers now i know <laughs> the parachute has some right? I'm, and that's what i mean Oh God! Parachute twenty percent off sale. It's over, but it's coming back Black Friday. Keep a lookout for it. They only do it twice a year. <laughs> We're not. But if I, I'm telling you, if, if someone from Parachute is listening, give me a brand deal. <laughs> if someone from like an ice cream company is listening, I'll take any brand deal you want. You don't have to pay me. You can just send me free ice cream, and I'll just talk products. Hello, <laughs> Jenny's. Um, oh, oh my God, so good. What's the deal with Jenny's? I know we don't have a ton of time left, but it's before we yummy. leave, it's just, it's, a, it's it's, there's, the thing is that it's yummy. There's no... It's incredibly good and their animals. flavors are very unique. So they're not things okay. that you can get anywhere else. And they do them very uh, well. It's not like, it's not like a, a brand like Halo Top where it like purports to be something great and then you eat it and you're like, I feel like I'm eating ice. Yeah, Halo Top <laughs> fucking sucks. Fuck you, Halo Top. We're not doing that with Wait, Grant's why? Because I wasn't allowed to talk about the other betting. Yeah, well, you know what? Halo Top, if I ever saw you out on the street. You better watch your damn back. <laughs> I just hit Halo Top with my car. Don't, Jens, you've already oh, threatened fun. to kill me in the middle of the night on this podcast. And I'll do it again. <laughs> oh, my God. Um... Um, um, <laughs> sorry. Do you guys have uh, any upcoming projects you'd like people to know about? Things that they can be on the lookout for? And also, where can they find you online? Yeah, well, we have, we're getting on to YouTube. So, Very Gay Paint, right? Yeah, YouTube.com slash Very Gay Paint. We're Very Gay Paint on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube. 
in real life, just yell it out if you see us. Yeah. We'll turn around and we'll look at you. Um, yeah, please follow us on those, those platforms. Please go in and watch our YouTube and send it to people, even if, especially if it's bad. And just DM us if you don't like it. If you're like, it's kind of bad. And if you have specific notes, if you are a video editor and can save us the nightmarish uh, experience of having to, okay. to video and fix the sound. But as far as the project goes, we're, we're going to paint. Um, we're, well, we're doing a video for Shake Shack for Pride, which is very fun. Like for their new, they have a new shake coming out. Um, They're donating proceeds to the Trevor Project. Come cool. on. I love that. And, right? And then we're going to paint for Mr. Jason Mraz here in a couple weeks, which we're very wow. excited about. Yeah. Cannot wait. Well, we'll be looking for that. And yeah, everyone, like, seriously, people, go follow them on everything. They're hilarious. Their art is amazing. They use so much blue tape. They need everything that you can give them. <laughs> we desperately, desperately give us all that you have. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I've really thank you for that. having us. Thank this has you. been so yeah, much fun. Nice. Really um, and we will come to New York, and we will. You will um, make me look. You will gorgeous. make Jensen look beautiful, and me look even more. Beautiful. Just give me like, give me like a couple days heads up so that I can go get the correct foundation because I am very. Of course. <laughs> No, I've I have a sunburn now actually. So <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how pale people tan. I got a sunburn today. I've got to be yes! <laughs> All right. Thank you everyone and we'll talk yeah. to y'all later. Bye. Bye. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. Thank you for listening to Yeah But with Vivian Gabor. Tune in next week, same place, same time. Yeah, but. Yeah, but.